0: Hello and welcome to the Woking Examiner podcast. In this series of podcasts, we interview the councillors, portfolio holders and supporters who are assisting the Lib Dem-run Council as we seek to address the many years of mismanagement committed by previous Conservative-led administrations. I am Peter Graves, councillor for Perford Ward, and over the course of the series, the people I interview disclose the realities that lie behind the decisions they are making as they continue to unravel the complexities of the situation we inherited in May 2022. Today, I'm with Liam Lyons, portfolio holder for planning and regulations since May of last year, having most recently been re-elected as one of the councillors for Mount Hermon in May 2022. It has been Liam's role in the last few months to reform some of Woking's planning regulations, including the introduction of a new town centre master plan. The draft master plan went through an extensive consultation process last year, but a decision by the National Planning Inspectorate to overturn Woking's own planning committee's refusal of permission to build another skyscraper at Crown Place has delayed its final implementation. Today, we examine the impact of that decision. Liam, welcome and congratulations on your new role. How are you finding it?
1: It's been really interesting as we've uncovered more and more of what the previous administration have been up to and uh, the challenges that lie ahead. But it's also really exciting because we're finally in a position where we can affect some real change.
0: So, Liam, could, could you explain exactly why a town like Working needs a master plan?
1: That's a good question Peter. I spent two years on Woking's planning committee during which I saw a number of very high developments being proposed and the members of the planning committee of lots of different political parties were concerned about that because they were representing the views of their residents who had concerns about it primarily on the grounds of height. There were other issues as well related to parking and affordable homes and the environmental credentials of the applications but the most emotive of those issues was clearly the height so what we had was a situation where uh, most of these large applications were turned down which results in very little housing being built and clearly we have a need for housing but we need to make sure it's it's the right sort of housing and in a number of high profile cases one being eco world on Goldsworth road and another being Crown Place we had a situation where the local planning committee refused permission and the national planning inspectorate when the applicants appealed uh, overturned those decisions and said that they should be built and one of the reasons they said that they should be built is because the regulation wasn't in place in Woking to prevent them from being built so from a legal point of view the applicant had every right to put the application in and we didn't have any right to refuse it so the master plan seeks to redress that balance and provide some clarity over what would be and would not be deemed acceptable by a planning committee effectively breaking that deadlock so the two positives that should come out of it are we get more appropriate applications coming forward and because the applications are more appropriate they're approved and we get more homes that we badly
0: need being built so we need a master plan to give, as it were, a blueprint to developers about what sort of applications they can put in. It doesn't necessarily give them the green light for those developments to take place, but at least they they know the framework in which they can work. So, um, do, would you is it fair to say that all councils need them? Do you think?
1: I think some councils, uh, probably lots of councils, were much more robust in the regulation that they put forward when they. Uh, designed their core strategy the first time round. Woking's was not clear on the height, and indeed some even interpret the regulations to say that they are encouraging high development, and it's possible that the previous administration uh, had that as an ambition. Uh, so I think Woking has a particular need because many residents are uncomfortable with the the sheer height that, that is proposed for the townscape,
0: mm.
1: uh, and the regulation isn't currently in place to prevent that.
0: So you've, seen, you've kind of touched on this but if a, if a council doesn't have one um, you know, what are the, the real term implications I'm assuming it could be bad news Well
1: with those two particular applications, one on Goldsworth Road and, and one at Crown Place, mm. uh, we have a situation where the local planning committee refused it and uh, an, a national inspector based on our regulations has overturned it so given that, that we've had two high profile cases where that has happened, we do lay ourselves open to yet more such applications coming forward that would be very difficult to defend in the current planning
0: framework that we have. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the moment, is a master plan, as it were, legally binding? I, I think there's, a, there's not really a straight answer to that, is there? The master plan does have legal weight. Uh, It has the status
1: of what we call an SPD or a supplementary planning document and supplementary planning documents, according to the National Planning Policy Framework, provide additional detail to existing regulation. And that's exactly what we're looking for. In this case, we're looking for existing detail where there is any ambiguity over what's likely to be acceptable. This uh, additional detail will make it very clear what, what would be deemed acceptable and what wouldn't be deemed acceptable. The National Planning Guidance in 2019 actually specifically says that it can be taken into account when making planning decisions. And and indeed, we've had plenty of precedents where where that is the case. Uh, It doesn't have the same weight as a a DPD, a development plan document. That's a much uh, meatier document and would require a much longer process and a much more comprehensive consultation than our master plan has been through. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. It just means that that's a step further down the line. So while an SPD has some legal weight, a DPD would have even more legal weight. And our SPD has gone through really comprehensive consultation already from Mm. August to November last year. We went out to consultation in lots of different fora. We we had a shop in the town centre in Woolsey Place uh, we had several roadshows that we held we had online questionnaires for people to complete and we got hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, responses from residents from developers and then in fact I think we, we've had an engagement level from developers that certainly I don't remember seeing in my uh, decade or so as a councillor so I think we've we've probably broken some ground there and really got people engaged in that and the feedback has been largely positive and uh, has has helped shape the the draft master plan that we we have today.
0: Okay, so that that that's much much clearer for me, Liam, and I'm I'm sure our listeners will find would have found that fascinating. Um, but could you? I mean, looking back at, at working specifically, um, what why is it we didn't have a master plan in place before?
1: We didn't have a master plan in place before. Why we didn't have it, I, I could speculate. I think there are some that consider that the previous administration actually wanted to deliver our housing strategy through very high-rise developments because it's a, a quick way to do it, it's a cheap way to do it, um, or it's possible that those who put the uh, core strategy together nearly a decade ago uh, just didn't foresee the level of uh, high-rise development that it would encourage mm.
0: okay and and um, the implications of not having one therefore i think you've kind of touched on that but if you could just reiterate the implications of not having one 10 15 years ago what is what has that led to in uh in in the center of working
1: it's led to two things really it's led to uh the first casualty being we've missed out on some homes being delivered and by the way that includes some badly needed affordable homes because developers have been expecting one thing and councillors have been expecting another so the the difference between those expectations have been pretty big Uh, so the master plan would seek to sort of manage both of those expectations really so we've had developers putting forward applications that have been deemed inappropriate by the planning committee they've been refused and they haven't been built. So we've missed out on that housing delivery, including affordable homes. The other casualty is that some inappropriate developments have been permitted. And I use the term inappropriate because local representatives on the planning committee have deemed them to be inappropriate based on the the feedback and views of the residents that they represent. So while people in Woking have considered them inappropriate, the National Planning Inspector has allowed them to go ahead based on the existing regulation framework that we have. So uh, to sort of sum up really, we, we have um, missed out on some housing and uh, acquired some housing that residents in Woking deem as inappropriate.
0: So Lim, let, let's be absolutely precise. Does, does this mean that we can still deliver our housing targets without encroaching on um, areas outside of town?
1: Uh, yes, it does. The core strategy, which runs until 2027, uh, requires us to deliver 2,180 dwellings in the town centre. And the master plan, if adopted, and all the sites are realised, uh, would deliver 4,338 dwellings. So we can easily meet that housing target. Now, that's not to say that uh, the challenge of realising some of those sites are going to be quite high, but that's always the case with with any site any place in the country uh, there there are a number of hurdles to get over between um acquiring a site and planning it and and uh, actually delivering the home so that people can live in it but uh, we are we are well over our target in 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 that sense
0: and how does that impact on building on the outskirts of, of, of town
1: it shouldn't affect areas outside the town center in any way because we can admirably meet our housing target for the town centre. It doesn't mean that we have to uh, consider releasing any more green belt at this point or building in our villages on the outskirts of town. People have often said that it's a choice between one or the other. We're not at that stage yet. We have plenty of town centre sites that we can develop before we need to look at uh, any other sites outside of town. So the master plan is a town centre master plan. It is completely about the town centre and that's the only change that it will make.
0: Well, that's really good um I mean, that's particularly good news for people in in, in my ward who um who, who are concerned about building on the outskirts so if we can move on looking to the future what what are what plans have we got now for for the master plan itself Are we um are we going to rewrite it how does it how does, what's its progress now
1: well we've got some really good feedback as a result of the consultation uh from both developers who would like to uh, change one or two things And from residents who uh, would like to change one or two things as well. So we will certainly incorporate that into the uh, townscape plan going forwards. I think going forwards, we have got a wealth of really good feedback from residents through the consultation process. And from developers as well, in terms of what they would still expect us to allow them to do in, in terms of their ability to actually deliver some homes, because the sites still need to be viable economically, otherwise we mm-hmm. won't end up with any housing at all. So it's about using that to shape the next step of this master plan, whether it continues as a, an SPD, a supplementary planning document or a DPD, a development plan document or something else. It's about using that feedback, which we uh, have acquired to uh, put something together that is going to be acceptable for everybody. The one caveat to that is that the Crown Place appeal, the, the planning inspector's decision to allow that to go ahead, has meant that we're going to have to look at the shape of the master plan again, where the draft master plan had the Victoria Place as the highest point uh, and everything stemming down from there. We're going to have to now consider Crown Place being a second high point in the town centre because of that appeal decision so we've got some work to do and we need to decide Mm -hmm. in what format the master plan will proceed but uh, we will get that regulation in place and we will try and end this sort of wild west culture that has been allowed to
0: proceed and develop throughout Woking over many many years that's really good thank you Liam it's been absolutely um, um, fascinating to listen to what you've been talking about and I hope that's made it uh, even clearer for our listeners when it comes to considering um, where the history of the master plan and where we go from here. So thank you so much. Thanks very much, Peter. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Liam, for your detailed expose of the facts behind the master plan. I hope our listeners found it as helpful as I did. It's clear to me now that mismanagement on the part of the previous administration was not restricted to our finances. In failing to have a rigorous master plan in place, we've been subjected to too much inappropriate development and furthermore we've missed out on opportunities to build sufficient affordable housing. It will also provide some relief to residents on the fringes of the borough that under the master plan our housing targets till 2027 and beyond can be realised using currently identified sites. Thanks for listening and I look forward to you joining us in the near future. Da